Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Back here for another episode of the Retirement Pilot Podcast with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation. And we're going to finish up our conversation from last month on uh, top Social Security myths. We went through one through five top Social Security myths of 2023. And we're going to go through six through 10 this go around. So you don't have to have listened to the prior podcast to listen to this one, but certainly not a bad idea as there's a lot of good information to glean from that prior episode. And you can find uh, the, the podcast on Steve's website. You can find them on whatever you know podcasting app you like to use. But a nice, easy way to do it is just to go to wealthpartnerskc.com. That's Steve's website at wealthpartnerskc.com. Lots of good tools, tips, and resources to be found there. So go check that out. And we're going to get into the next five here this week. Steve, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? Hanging in there. Doing pretty good. Glad to be into May. Uh, the weather is uh, getting there. My pool's warming up, so it shouldn't be long before I can take a little dip. How about yourself? Sounds good. No, I'm ready. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're through <laughs> winter and on to, to spring and it summer. It just seemed like a really long, like it wasn't a necessarily brutal winter in, in many places. I know in some parts of the country it was, but it seemed like the whole country is just long. It just felt like a really long one. So Yep. Whether yep. it was uh, mild temperatures or harsh temperatures, it just seemed like it went. It started in October and never died. <laughs> it took forever to took forever to go away. So but I was able to handle it because my Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That, so that's well, all that, I know. That always helps. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get into some myths. As we talked about before, myths tend to have a little nugget of uh, truth to them or a piece, but then again, kind of get distorted. And Social Security certainly has plenty. So let's dive in with number six and get rocking and rolling here. And this is the myth of that you you cannot work and receive Social Security benefits at the same time. And you actually kind of touched on this as we wrapped up the first podcast on this subject. But I'm going to have you reiterate that because I think this one is tied to the fact that there's limitations uh, if you choose to you know pull Social Security early. Like there, you can only make up to what like twenty one thousand and some change, I think. And so that's probably where this myth comes from. But you can work and collect Social Security. There just may be limitations. That's correct. There's one limitation if you take it early, meaning you take it at 62 to your full retirement age. Right. So for me, my full retirement age is 67. So from anywhere from 62 to 67, I can only earn in today's dollars about $20,000 and none of my social security is going back. If I exceed the $20,000 of earned income, then for every $2 I earn above the 20, I lose a dollar of social security. Round number, I make $40,000 a year. I'm drawing Social Security. I'm giving back my Social Security. Mm, mm -hmm. But once I reach full retirement age, which for me is 67, I can earn as much as I want, but then I'm subject to part of it, either 50% of it or 85% of it being taxable income. Yeah. And we covered that on myth number three on the prior one. And this is where, again, income planning comes into play, Steve, right? Because how you're pulling your money from from what buckets and so on and so forth can also really play a part in how you're strategizing Social Security so that you can hopefully maybe try to uh, uh, you know ease those taxes where you can. That's correct. Yep. It's all about planning, right? So, And isn't yep. there like the one year, like isn't there something weird like from 62 to 
let's say if yours was 67, isn't like the year that you're turning 67, like let's say your birthday's in September, that whole year you could make, I think it's like 50 something, right? I think the, yes. it goes up for that one calendar year or whatever. Yeah, there's a, there's a technicality in there in terms of if you pull it and you're still working full time at your full retirement age, there's there are more generous income limitations. Yeah, but yes, but that's probably where the myth comes from, right? And, and yes. so for many people who do decide to maybe retire early from the big gig, for example, let's say the big corporate job or whatever, uh, and you retire early at sixty two, but then you decide you want to work a little part time which my brother's actually going to do that, Steve, this year because he's retiring, I believe, in September. So he's thinking about you know the remainder of this year. And he won't be at full retirement age yet. He'll be 65. But they're, they're downsizing, and he doesn't really want to go get another full gig. And so he's like, eh, I'll just probably do something part-time. And I was like, well, then just you can only make up to a certain amount. But he's like, that's perfect. That works for me, right? It kind of add a right. little extra money to the bottom line, but he's not really it's not really moving the needle on Social Security, so to speak. You just got to be aware of it. Exactly. All right. That was number six. Number seven, Social Security benefits are only for U.S. citizens. Uh, This seems like a no-brainer. We hear that and kind of go, well, yeah, that makes sense. But there's actually quite a few caveats for non-U.S. citizens or non-citizens. The first one, Steve, makes the most sense to me is you married somebody who is, right? Right. And the other part is as long as you're paying into the system and you're Mm -hmm. here legally, you're right. entitled to it. Yeah. Yeah. There are some, there are some, uh, I think like permanent residents. Uh, if you go to SSA.gov and really for a lot of stuff, folks, um, there's a great, a lot of great resources there at SSA.gov. Plus you can check your own numbers and we're going to talk about that on this episode as well. But there's a lot of information. And so if you fall into this interesting category, uh, you certainly want to do it because there's a ton of little interesting caveats. My, my wife and I, Steve, were, we went to Aruba and we were we had such a great time. We were like, oh, we should totally you know retire here, right? One of those kind of conversations. And, and it dawned on, I was like, huh, I wonder if I can still get Social Security if I lived in Aruba. And as long as you're still a U.S. citizen, you can, right? But you just, right. Have, to, you just have to kind of watch that dual citizenship and stuff like that. Yep. yep. Yeah, that, that is something you definitely need to um, visit with them yeah. Um, yeah. on that. Yeah, we, we, our very first question on this whole topic on the first podcast was, you know, the SSA administration will help you make the best decision about starting your benefit. It's like, no, that's not correct. But this kind of information is where they're excellent, right? Hey, yeah. I want to live abroad. How does that work? Or my spouse, you know, I've married someone who's from another country. You know, can they, but they've been, I've been paying in or they've been paying in for 20 years, whatever, right? So there's lots of different things to check into uh, on this particular myth that it's strictly only for U.S. citizens. That is not accurate as well. That's so, correct. All right. Myth number eight. This one's kind of unique, Steve. So I'm hoping you can break this one down for us because I hadn't really heard this one before, but uh, I've learned a little bit since. So if you have a pension, you're not eligible for Social Security benefits. And that seems weird, right? Because so many people still do have pensions, let's say from like GM or, you know, Ford or, you know, I don't know, some some big company. But I think this is more government based if you have specific pensions. Is that correct? That's correct. There are certain certain pensions that make portions of your Social Security uh, that you don't get it. So mm-hmm. basically what they do is they discount how much you get on your Social Security because you're getting part of that in your pension payment. Happens a lot with federal employees. Yeah, local government, federal, things of that nature. Yeah, they get a federal benefit, a federal pension, but they don't get all of their Social Security. They get it, it's just they can't double dip. So in other words, they don't get the full pension plus their full Social Security. There, There's a calculation they make. Also, if you're in the railroad, typically that's a totally separate entity and you don't you don't pay into the system, you don't get anything out. It's kind of the 
just to, to make it simple, if you don't pay into the system, you're not getting any of it out. Yeah, there's the uh, there's the WEP, the windfall elimination provision. So yes. if you have an, is that kind of what we're talking about? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, so. And it's you you would have to talk to your pension benefits people to find that out specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's something you need to know prior to retiring and knowing what you got coming to you for Social Security. So you're not surprised if you, if you're thinking, well, I'm getting five grand a month in pension, yeah, and I'm getting three thousand. I'm going to plan for three thousand for my Social Security, and then your first check arrives and it's fifteen hundred. Yeah, and you're like, what? <laughs> well, what that, yeah. <laughs> right. That wouldn't make you happy. Right. Right. You just want to know. Um, what's going on here. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the windfall elimination provision. And again, another a great resource to look at at ssa.gov where it kind of talks about non-covered pensions. A lot of times it is state and local governments and it's where um, you know the employer has not paid in fully or withheld the Social Security. So another that's option correct. to take a look at. All right. Good stuff here. So let's go into my final two because these are just like the final two in the prior. They kind of got to bleed into each other a little bit. Uh, myth number nine, Steve, is that Social Security benefits are based on your income and your assets. And that's not exactly right either. And, and people hear the words means tested recently. They's, one of the things they've been kicking around is that, oh, well, maybe we're going to means test Social Security. And that could be where some changes come from uh, to prolong the system. But as of right now, it's not based on your income and assets. It's like if you and I had the same money, Steve, and we both had, uh, but your house was more expensive than mine. It doesn't somehow make your social security more than mine. No, it all has to do with your earnings history. Your, your last, what they call 40 quarters, which is a bit, about 10 years worth of working. And that's what it's based on. Not how much, how much, how many assets you have, you know, Warren Buffett, let's take the, the extremes, you know, the, the, the Warren Buffett's, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, those folks have paid into the system. Over they pay. The years. They pay. They pay more because you know when their earnings years, right? Because there's the percentage, whatever their paycheck was designed to be, right? Yeah, yeah. And and there's a there's a cap on how much of it is is taxed. By right. The way. True. So, yeah. Um, there is a a limit of I think this year was one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. If you make a million dollars a year, you're only paying Social Security on that number, correct? That, right. that hundred thousand and change. But you are paying, uh, now the other part is you are paying unlimited on the Medicare portion. So when you look at your, your paycheck, you're getting uh, Social Security taken out, which is, I think, 6.5% mm-hmm. for your side and 65 for the employer. Um, and then you have, uh, it might be a little lower, maybe 6.2. And then there's a 2.85, I believe, on the Medicare that you're paying and the employer's paying the other 2.85. That's unlimited. So if you're making a million dollars, you're paying all that on that. But for Social Security, let's keep it back on Social Security. Once you exceed 147000 you're not paying any more into the Social Security system. So that's one thing we didn't talk about it last week, uh, last month, but that is one where they're looking to increase that substantially, which would bring in more money. But to answer the question, your benefits are based on how much you've put into the system. That's what it's based on. Yep. Okay. That's it. And it's, it's yeah, that's it. Like yeah. credits. Yeah, you know, exactly. Kind of credits. That's what you're going to get. And, and that leads into myth number ten, and this is that uh, your Social Security benefits are based on your last job's salary. And I think this one, Steve, gets confused with some kinds of pensions because there are pensions that people maybe get from their their corporate job as they walk away. That uh, if you're still lucky enough to have one, that maybe is based on the last three years average or something mm-hmm. like that. Where Social Security, it's based on your th- uh, the highest thirty five years of your work history. And this 
and if you don't have 35, this is interesting, you get zeros. <laughs> so right. it's an interesting conversation. It goes into the calculation uh, of your your benefits. So yeah, you could you could hit it hard for the last two years, but it and you're going, well, my benefit didn't go up very much. Right. That's right. because if you average it out over that time period, it's not that big. So the ones that tend to get the biggest checks or the biggest benefits are the ones that were consistently earning a certain amount of money every single year. Yeah. That yeah. those are the ones who who are going to get the biggest check. If you if you're a spiked, let's say you're a salesperson and one year you make 200,000 and one year you make 50 and you kind of go that up and down, your benefit's not going to be that high because if they average it out, it's not going to be as high as you think it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly helpful. Right. But think about like our, our first jobs when we we're kids. Right. So, you know, I don't know about you, Steve, but like my first job was like four and a quarter, you know, at a little, at right. a little department store when I was 17 or whatever. And that one, ideally, you know, maybe I made 6,000 for the whole year, um, you know, got replaced by a higher numbered year somewhere, someplace along the way. But again, again, maybe not. Cause for many people that are self-employed, this can be where you can get some zeros too, which is why a lot of times self-employed people, especially if you didn't pay yourself properly or pay into Social Security, right. um, you may have a lower benefit when time comes. That's correct. That's exactly what will happen. So it's interesting that that we kind of uh, you know have that little myth kind of rolling. And, and I've I've seen situations where people say, hey, you know, if you kind of want to change your strategy and your plan a little bit, there's ways that you can maybe do that, but that that might prolong you working longer. Maybe it maybe it does make sense to work like you're thinking about taking it uh, early, for example. But you know, you decide not to, not only for the benefit, but because you can actually pad the stats, if you will, to use like a sports term, by working a little longer into those later years at a higher dollar amount, which will help increase that average too in case you were a little low. That'll help. Yeah. I mean, you won't see a huge difference, but it will help. I mean, like yeah. if you went from 62 to 68 and had a really good consistent salary, I mean, eight years, it could it could make a difference, right? I mean, 62 to 68, excuse me, 62 to 70, like the full retirement right. age, right? That's correct. So That's yeah, correct. again, it's all about strategy in putting these things together, Steve. And, and this is where these little myths sometimes bite people because they, they've heard it enough. Well, it's going broke. So I got to turn it on, right? Like that was the one we did on the prior. That's the biggie. Or I got to work as, you know, I got to maximize so I can get this number the last five years, right? I got to really crank it up so I can, you know, move the needle. And it may move it a little bit, but it may not move it what you think it is because it is based on a 35, a, a calculation of 35 years. So good stuff. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but I always uh, you may add, you may be bringing this up, but I'm going to no, jump go on real quick. Is what I always recommend is people go to ssa.gov and mm-hmm. get your current statement. It will tell you what your benefit will be at 62. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you what your benefit will be at your f- full retirement age, and it will also tell you what your benefit would be if you delay to age 70. Now, the 70 is a key number because if you delay, you're taking your Social Security. You can't go past 70. So at age 70, you have to start taking your benefit. So that's why they they do that. But you want to go in and you want to see where you stand and what your your earnings have been. It'll take you all the way back to when you first started. It's kind of fun to go back and go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. Um, but you you do get to see what it is and it'll tell you what your number is going to be. And you need to know what that is. Yeah. You know, and Steve, it's important when you're that's a great point when you're doing that. 
Um, also look through right some of your earnings history, especially with with COVID and everything that happened and people changing jobs and maybe moving around. Make sure those numbers look right, right? Because the longer it goes away, the harder it's going to be to get those correct. Because people are people, right? There's a chance that an employer could have reported your salary wrong, and you may need to use your you know tax filings or whatever to kind of show that no, no, you you listed me at thirty nine thousand and I made forty five, right, or whatever that is, right? So. Uh, it's a really good idea to go to ssa.gov and, and look at those numbers and make sure that you've got the the correct information in there. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks for hanging out on the podcast with us as we debunk and went through some of the top 10 myths around Social Security over the last couple of podcasts. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already or consider doing so or share with someone who might benefit and enjoy the content as well. You can find it all at wealthpartnerskc.com. Lots of good tools, tips, and resources on Steve's website, wealthpartnerskc.com, where he is the financial coach. And, uh, and the president there and owner at Wealth Partners Corporation, uh, serving folks all over the place for the last 25 plus years. Great resource for you to tap into. So, Steve, thanks for hanging out and breaking these down, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Absolutely. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time here on The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hooper. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.